Welcome to this inspirational message from Pastor Michelle Lefebure. We pray you're impacted and blessed as you listen. Well, Pastor Lindsay and I were away for, uh, for about uh, just over a week and a half, about 10 days. And we went to a place called Harip. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if I pronounce this properly. Uh, but it's actually, it rained for the first five days. So we were stuck in a little prefab house. Uh, which was built in 1902, I think, approximately. <laughs> and uh, all we had to do is, uh, between the rain, load shedding, and no internet, we uh, actually observed the walls quite a bit. And, uh, and we were forced to rest, because I'm not one who just likes putting my feet up and watching the bold and the beautiful, as you know. And uh, so I go on holiday. I like going cycling and walking and whatever. So we were we had no option. We just have to stay there. But I must say, I don't play board games either. Why? Because they bo- they bore me. I get bored. Some of you will catch that sometime. Board games, board games. Amen. Pastor Lindsay loves making puzzles. So she sat on the table and started making puzzles, and uh, I was as bored as whatever. So I said to her, listen, I think if it carries on like this, if there's still load shedding twice a day, no internet, rain, nonstop, I think we're packing our bags and we're going home. But praise God, God had his plan. So from Monday, he gave us sunshine. And then we had a wonderful time for the next four days before we came back uh, of sightseeing. This place is amazing. If ever you get a chance to go to Harip Dam, don't let the name switch you off. Go there and, and go exploring the environment. It's an amazing, amazing place. It, it really is. The scenery is just incredible. And uh, yeah, so we did enjoy it. And so we back. Pastor Lindsay is at VB this morning. She's holding the fort there. And praise the Lord, I am back here because... I want to share a very powerful message with you this morning, which I trust is going to bless you and bring change into your life. Amen. I've called it walking in the perfect peace of God. Walking in the perfect peace of God. You know, one of the major characteristics of the world that we live in today is a lack of peace in many, many people's lives. People are not at peace. When you look around the world, you know, I'm, I, I like from time to time watching the news and seeing what's going on in our own country, what's going on in the U.S. It's not because I'm interested in what's going on in the U.S. It's because what goes on in the U.S. affects the rest of the world. So I like to know what's going on there and, and so on. And what's going on in China and, and all of these places. Because it gives us also direction to, for prayer. What do we pray about? Because God is not just interested in my little life. He's also interested in the rest of the world. And sometimes he'll put things in my heart to pray for, for certain things that go on in the rest of the world. So if you never, ever, ever look at the news, you never watch. Some people don't. 
I don't like reading newspapers. It's not one thing I do, but I do like watching the news. Unfortunately, the only news channel we have in South Africa is CNN, the most liberal news channel that you could get. And it's ungodly, it's biased, and so on. But that's what we have So, um, for international news. So I do watch that. And uh, at least there are certain things that you can figure out what's going on in the world. But one thing I've noticed watching the news is that the people all over the place, in the entire world, people are not at peace. They, they are rattled. They are not at peace. And the church is not exempt from this. There are many, many people in the church that are not at peace. They're not at peace with themselves. They're not at peace with, with what's going on around them. They're not at peace with their country. They're not at peace with their lives. They're not at peace with their spouse. I mean, there is a lot that's going on in the church. The church is not exempt from the fact that there is a lack of peace in people in the world. And yet, as children of Almighty God, which is who we are, if you've given your heart to Jesus, you're a child of God. Amen. A life of peace should be one of our main testimonies. Our main testimonies would be the peace of God. When people basically come across me, they should see a peace in me that they don't have. It should get them to start wondering what is happening with Pastor Michel. How come in such a disastrous situation he is at peace? That should be the testimony of my life as a believer in Christ. And yet that's not necessarily the case. In the church, many, many people do not have peace in their hearts and in their lives. Now the question is this. Can we have this life of peace no matter what we face and no matter what we go through, no matter what circumstance comes around us, can we have this life of peace? And the answer is absolutely yes, for sure. You and I can walk a journey of peace all the days of our lives. Now, you say, Pastor Michel, is that possible? Absolutely, yes. Now, I want to share something with you. Jesus spoke to his disciples. Now, this is very summarized. Shortly before his crucifixion, shortly before he was going to begin his journey of suffering for our sake, and the time had come for him to speak to his disciples and tell them about what was to come. So he told them, as part of, of what he, he, he told them a lot of things. But amongst that, he said to them that he was going away. He was going away and he would not be with them once he was gone. And they would not see him again until he came back sometime in the future. Now you can imagine what impact this had on the disciples. Because he hadn't told this, this to them before. Now suddenly, he's talking about a lot of things and he's preparing for his departure, basically. And he says, you know what, disciples, you who have been walking with me day in and day out for three years, 
I need, I got some news for you. You can imagine disciples thought, wow, this will be exciting. And he says, I'm going away. And you're not going to see me again for a long time. Imagine the impact. The disciples were awestruck. They were devastated. If you read some of the comments in John chapter 14, where he actually said that, they started asking him questions. Jesus, where are you going? Are you leaving us? Are you abandoning us? Where are you off to? They were devastated. They, he had become their reason for living. That was a disastrous moment, so to speak, in the disciples' lives. Because they did not understand why Jesus needed to go away. Amen? And he was their strength. He was a pillar of strength all the time. Everything revolved around Jesus in their lives for three years. They walked with him day in, day out. They ate with him. They slept. They slept with him. They, they healed. They saw all the miracles, all the healings. I mean, they, they had become like the, the, the core of their lives. He had become, sorry, the core of their lives. And there goes the master. Just like that. He says to them, I'm going away. Wow. If this was us, how would we have reacted? What would have been our reaction? They asked him all kinds of questions. Where are you going? Da, 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 da. I don't know that all the questions are noted in the Bible. But they would have asked themselves immediately, what are we going to do without the master? What are we going to do? We've given our lives for him. We've abandoned all our work and our fishing and everything we were doing for him. We left our past behind to serve him. Now imagine, they would ask themselves, what are we going to do without him? In the midst of his shocking news, it was shocking to the disciples. It was like a bang that hit them. Jesus says these words to them. And I want you to see that John 14 verse 27. If you put that up for me. He says, he looks at them. He says, peace, I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Why did Jesus say that to them? Because he knew one thing, he had rocked their boat by telling them he's going away. And in their mind, leaving them on their own. He had rocked their boat, he had rattled their peace. And he knew that their hearts would have been troubled. They, were, they would be starting to think, what's going to happen to us? They, they would become insecure concerning their future. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, Jesus said to them. Now, there are a number of what I call peace robbers, peace robbers that will come our way, just like the disciples had one of his moments at that time. And there are a number of peace robbers that will come our way during our lives circumstances 
that will generate emotions of fear, anxiety, worry, disappointment, discouragement, and all of these things are fairly normal in this world. These things will come our way. But just like the disciples in this example that I've shared with you uh, earlier on, we can suddenly, suddenly, unexpectedly hear some news about something that will rock our emotional boat. Some news can come your way. Something can happen in your life. And it can happen just like that. Bang! That will rock your emotional world. When that happens, these negative emotions, the fears, the worries, the anxieties, and all of this, will rise within you. There's nothing abnormal about that. We can begin to feel unhappy, emotionally downcast. How many of you ever felt emotionally downcast? Where you've been down emotionally? Amen. You can feel anxious. You can begin to feel distressed, disappointed, dismayed, discouraged. All duddies of the devil. They all start with a D. D for devil. And they bring these things into our lives. Amen. And when we allow these emotions to have a hold on us, they will rob us of our peace and a season of great stress can result from that. In other words, you will move from a place where you were happy, where you were at peace about life, and suddenly you are in a situation of stress. Now your, your whole being is confused, stressed stretched out. I like defining stress as emotional tension. Emotional. It starts in the soul, in the emotions. Emotional tension. And that's how, where stress begins. We become tense. We become worked up. Have you come across people who are worked up? You know, they give you a hard time. You don't deserve it. But just being with them, the way they talk, and if you say the wrong thing, they hit you, bang. Because why? They are emotionally stressed. They, you, when these things happen, we can become preoccupied. Our minds are preoccupied all the time on these issues that are causing the, that's causing the stress. We become insecure. And for a moment, our peace flies out of a window, and with that flies out the joy, the happiness that God intends for our lives. Let me say this to you. When peace flies out of your life, it leaves a void. That void is usually filled with stress. When you have no peace, you have no joy. When you have no peace, your thoughts will run away from you and you will lose your focus. When you have no peace, you have no sense of security. When you have no peace, you are not calm. You are not able to display happiness. You know, your whole demeanor changes. People will notice when you are not at peace because your face will show it. It's difficult for people who have no peace 
It's difficult for them to smile. They can't even laugh at a joke because they're so stressed. You see, God never intended that for you and for me. Not even when times are rough and times are difficult. We can walk in the perfect peace of God. And that's what I'm aiming to convey to you this morning is how do you walk in the peace of God even in times like this? And we're going to look at that in a minute. So peace will rob you of what God desires for you. Uh, not peace, sorry, stress. God desires a lot of things for you which comes with the peace of God. But stress, which is the result of a lack of peace, will rob you of these things. So peace in our lives have to, has to be a central, unshakable pillar. Come on, church. We've got to learn to remain at peace no matter what. Because this is not heaven. This is earth. Things will go well sometimes. Feel will not go so well sometimes. It's the way life goes. It's not perfection. Heaven is perfection. But now we are not in heaven. We are on earth. But God has made a way. Amen. He's made a way for us. That despite the fact that in the earth things are not perfect, we can still have the perfect peace of God. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> so peace in our lives has to be a central unshakable pillar that keeps us strong and able to face the challenges that life brings our way. If you don't have that pillar in your life, every time the wind blows in this direction, it's going to steal your peace. When it goes in this direction, it's going to steal your peace. Jesus, he didn't talk about a pillar, but he talked about building your house on the rock. Do you remember that? He says, if you build your house on the rock, and the rock has to do with the promises of the word of God, if you build your house on the rock, when the storms come and the wind blows, this house will stand. Can you say amen to that? So peace has to become the central, unshakable pillar that keeps us strong. And when we face the challenges of life, without it, we will crumble as we face the giants of life. You know, as I'm preaching this message, I can tell you that when David faced Goliath, when he faced him, David's knees were not knocking out of fear. He looked at Goliath, even though he was only tiny. David wasn't a tall man. I don't know how tall he was. The Bible doesn't tell us. But he wasn't like seven foot tall, you know. The giant was huge, Goliath. But when he faced him, do you know what? David faced him with a perfect peace of God. And Goliath laughed at him. He said to the king of Israel and to the armies, is this, are you mocking me? Are you sending this midget to face me? Can't you see who I am? I am Goliath. I am the biggest one. I am the most powerful one. You send this, are you mocking me? Send me someone who can stand up to me. And you know what David said to him? David looked at him and said, today, this day, I'm taking your head off. Come on, why could David do that? He was completely at peace 
that his God will come through for him. And so even when he faced the greatest, biggest giant of all, who was violent and bloodthirsty, he had no fear in his heart. Can you say amen to that? What giant are you facing right now? And what kind of anxiety, fear, worry has settled in your heart? You see, we are meant to walk in the perfect peace of God, no matter what giant we face. So how do we get this peace? How does this peace come to us? How do we remain at peace when the whole world appears to be falling apart around us? Even when our own personal world is going through rocky times, how do we remain at peace? Well, Jesus, in that same passage which I spoke to you about earlier on, he gives us the answer. Peace comes from Jesus Christ. Come on, church. Peace comes from Jesus Christ. This is what he said to them. He said, peace I leave you, my peace. I give to you, not as the world gives, I give to you. Do you see the peace that Jesus will give you in your life will transcend every single difficult moment that you can face in your life. If you receive your peace from Jesus and not from any other source, you will face the giants of life and you will remain at peace. Can you say amen to that? Peace I live with you, my peace I give you. When the storms of life come against you, you need to remain Jesus-centered and Jesus-focused. Come on, church. You've got to remain, I want to say that again, you've got to remain Jesus-centered and Jesus-focused. How can you remain Jesus-centered and Jesus-focused? It's because he loves you. He gave his life for you. He made an exchange. He took all the bad things that the enemy wanted for your life. He nailed these to the cross. And in return, he gives you his peace that passes all understanding. So when you go through difficult moments, when you're walking and facing those giants that come against you, you just pull on to Jesus. You remain Jesus-centered and Jesus-focused. One of the things we got to understand is when our peace gets rocked, something happens in our lives and suddenly our peace gets rocked. Our mind, this is the thoughts come, <clears throat> excuse me, the thoughts come from from the soul, and they get translated into our brain. Our mind is not up here. This may be news to you. That's your brain. That's not your mind. Your mind is in your soul. That's where your thoughts come from. That's why you need to renew your soul on the Word of God. You need to renew your mind. You've got to put the Word of God in your heart all the time so that your soul, your mind is renewed. So when you go through difficult time, you need to keep your mind on him. Your mind, because that's where your thoughts are going to come from. If you don't keep your mind on Jesus, then all the other ugly thoughts that come from the flesh, that come from the devil, from all of that, these anxiety, anxious thoughts, fearful thoughts, all of these things are going to come from your soul into your brain. And then they, it will start running. How many of you have experienced that? When you go through a difficult time, your thoughts run away with you. Come on. Am I the only one? 
You know, you can't even go to sleep at night. How many of you have experienced that? You put your head on the, on the pillow and then your thoughts go. And it's all negative. Come on, church. Don't look at me like I owe you money. I've also lived life. Those thoughts that when you put your head on the pillow that keeps you awake are never good thoughts. They always thought that, no, no, they all, and he keeps turning and you can't, you can't, you can't sleep. And they're all negative. And the more you entertain these thoughts, the more negative you'll become. And the more you're going to lead a life of defeat. We've got to find out how to walk in the perfect peace of God, even in these moments. And one of the ways is you keep your mind on him, the one who redeemed you. From eternal destruction. You keep your mind on him. And when you keep your mind on him, you keep your thoughts on him. So when you put your pillow on the head, sorry, the other way around, your head on, on, the, on your pillow. <laughs> Sometimes you, may, you, might have, you have to put your pillow on the head, particularly when mosquitoes invade your bedroom when you want to sleep. Amen. So if, when you put your head, if your mind is kept on Jesus, when you put your head on the pillow... Guess what thoughts are going to go in your mind? Thoughts of peace, thoughts of victory, thoughts of joy, because that's what Jesus gives. He's not going to give you negative depression, depressed, you know, angry, frustration thoughts. But you've got you to keep your mind on him. The one who redeemed you from eternal destruction and has vowed to never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, church. Can you say amen to that? Let me tell you, when you go through these rough times, Jesus hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. He's right there with you. In fact, if you could show, if you could see into the spirit, he's holding you by the hand. He's got in his angels and camped around you to take you into the journey. Hallelujah. Before his ascension, Jesus said this to his disciples. And these same words are echoed to you and I today in this generation, which is when we need it the most. This is the generation where there is the most depression, the most discouragement in the whole of the history of humankind, the most fear, the most anxiety. You know, the medical world are dishing out billions of antidepressants, anti-stress, calmants, even dogs have to take calmants. I mean, that's bad. When your animals become stressed, then you know something is wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. But I mean, they don't get stressed on a daily basis. They do get stressed at Christmas when they hear all the bangs. Amen. And we have to give them calming tablets to keep them calm. But, but the medical world has become rich because the, the tablets that are being given out or sold out in the main, are antidepressants. Why? Because people are, are not at peace. Every second person that I come across, particularly in the world, that they're not so much in the church, praise God for that, are on antidepressants for the rest of their lives. Why? They're not at peace. They've lost their peace. So before his ascension, Jesus said this to his disciples, and, uh, and, and he's echoing the same words to you and to me today in this generation. Matthew 28, verse 20. You can put that scripture up for me to you. He says, behold, I am with you always. 
even to the end of the age. Jesus is with you every single day of your life if you are a believer in Christ. If you've truly given your heart to Jesus and he's truly your Lord and Savior, Jesus has made a promise to you and to me. He says, behold, I am with you always. Even to the end of age. And I want to say this to you. And I've come to give you this message this morning. That there is great hope for you. Come on church. That despite what it looks like. There is great news ahead of you. Because Jesus is with you. Hallelujah. Why can I make such a bold statement? Because with Jesus on your side. There is no mountain too big for you to conquer. No mountain. Church, there's no mountain. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no lack. If Jesus is with you always, every single day of your life, there is nothing that you cannot overcome. Because he's able to do above that we can think or imagine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's word tells us in Romans 8.37 that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. The only reason you don't conquer is because you give in to your circumstance instead of pulling into the word of God. That's when that set of circumstances will get the better of you. You give in to it. You refuse to do what the word says. That's the only time you will lose the battle. But if you put a word in your heart and you say, God, this is what I'm facing, but I'm not going to believe this. I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to believe your promise. I'm going to believe what you've said. And if you put your, your faith in that and you put your trust in God, there is no circumstance that you cannot change because it's not you who's changing it. It is the word that you are declaring, the word that you are believing that is working on your behalf and making change into your circumstance. Hallelujah. Praise God. More than conquerors through him. In fact, let's look at the fullness of that scripture. Romans chapter 8, verses 35 to 39. I want to read that to you. Paul writes to the Romans, says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, tribulation, that means hard times, distress, that means a circumstance that has caused distress in your life, Persecution, well, you know what that means. Famine, in other words, when you look at your cupboards and you want to eat something, only thing you find in there is tissues and toilet paper. All right? That's called famine. Or nakedness, I'm not so sure what that means. Or peril, or sword. That's war, talking about war being threatened, your life is threatened. He says, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, Paul writes, yet in all of his things, throughout all of his things, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, for all of his things, we are more than conquerors through him, through Jesus who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life. No angels, no principalities, no powers, no things to come, no things present, no things to come. No height, 
no death, no any other created thing shall be able, come on church, to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let me say this to you, church. Can you walk in perfect peace every single day of your life, no matter what you go through? The answer is yes. Because of Jesus, his presence in your life, his action in your life, if you put your trust in him. So what is this scripture telling us? Simply put, Jesus loves you so much that he will take care of your crisis. He will get rid of a giant that you are facing. He will deal with those demons that have come against you. All you have to do is place your trust in him. That's all you have to do is trust in him. You see, he never promised that we will have a bed of roses every day. You know, you wake up in the morning and you smell roses. Then you go to work and while you're sitting in the traffic, you smell roses. When you get to work and you have this difficult boss that whose tonsils you see every single day because he shouts so much at you, you smell roses. When you come home, you have this wonderful wife or wonderful husband and you smell roses. No, Jesus never promised this. <laughs> no, no, he didn't promise any of that. But he promised one thing. I will be with you forever. He said, when you go through the valley, when you go through difficult times, when you face the giants, I am there for you. Call on me. Call on me. Put your mind on me. Put your eyes on me. Not on the storms. Not on the waves. Remember what happened to Peter? Jesus came walking on the water. They were rowing all night, getting nowhere fast. Jesus came walking. Peter looked at him. First he got a fright. He thought it was a ghost. Then he said, is it you, Jesus? Jesus said, yes. He says, call me and I'll come to you. Jesus says, come. Guess what? Peter stepped out the boat in a moment where he, for, he forgot to put his eyes on the waves and the wind. He put his eyes on the master. He jumped out the boat and he, of a boat and he walked on the water for a few meters. And then guess what he did? He allowed his mind to defocus. He moved his mind away from the master, who is the word of God, by the way. And he put his mind on the circumstances. And the minute he did that, guess what happened? He sank. He lost his peace. How do I know he lost his peace? Well, he shouted quickly, survival mode. Master, please save me. Ah, I'm about to drown. How many of you know that in an instant he lost his peace? Because strangely enough, Peter, Peter didn't know how to swim, never mind walk on water. He didn't know that. It's keeping his mind on the master, on Jesus, that caused him to walk over his circumstances. What is it that's come against you? What storms are blowing against you right now? Keep your mind on Jesus. Don't look at the storm. Look at Jesus. Hallelujah. All you have to do is place your trust in him. Focus your mind on him. Not on the natural circumstances that you face. 
Bring your request to him and rest in him to take care of you. You see, church, the message I'm giving you today, perfect peace comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. That's where perfect peace comes. It doesn't come from anything else. It doesn't come from having a lot of money. There are many people who have a lot of money, but man, they have no peace in their lives. They have so many hassles to deal with every day. They have to take a break every five days, go away just to recover. Come on, church. Yes, they make a lot of money, but that's about it. They don't even have time to enjoy it. Perfect peace comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6, Jesus, the prophet Isaiah, seeing into the future, speaks about the Redeemer, speaks about the Messiah, and he says to him, he calls him the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Take trust in Jesus to take you through the storm. How do you know you're walking in peace? Well, when you put your head on the pillow, the only thing you have to worry about is mosquitoes. Nothing else. And so when you put the pillow on your head, then you have perfect peace. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But perfect peace, you know you have perfect peace is when you put your head on on the pillow Your spouse the next day says to you, before your head hit the pillow, I saw you were snoring already. Then you know you are at perfect peace. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Keep your eyes on him. Refuse to look at the waves and the winds that have come against you. Let his peace flood your heart. And I believe this morning that these words that Jesus spoke 2,000 years ago to his disciples, he desires to echo in your hearts this morning. He wants those words to echo in your hearts every single day. John 14, 27, put that scripture back up for me. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Let me tell you why one of the greatest peace robbers that rob you of your peace is when you try and make your future happen without God. When you try and make it happen in your own power, in your own strength. When you try, let me tell you, I I don't want to see a show of hands here, but if I did to ask you how many of you have tried to sort out a difficult situation in your own power and you failed, I'm quite sure half of this church will put their hands up. I have many times tried to do things my own strength and all I ended up doing is smelling the tar, hit rock bottom, you know, because it didn't work. I ended up in defeat. Peace I live with you. Peace comes from Jesus. My peace I give to you. Not as the world grieves do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled. And God is speaking to some of you right now. Because your heart is troubled. Your heart is troubled. Your heart is troubled. You've tried and you've done this and you've done that. And your heart is still troubled. Why? Because you did not call on the Prince of Peace to come and sort out your circumstance. But you made your own arrangement and your own whatever in order to get peace. But your heart is still troubled years down the road. You haven't succeeded. 
Because peace doesn't come from your own efforts. Peace comes from Jesus Christ. He is the source of peace. He is the source of your peace in all and every circumstance. He is the source of your peace. You know, there is a wonderful promise in the book of Isaiah that goes like this. Isaiah 26, verses 3 to 4. You, he's talking about God, will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Amen. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yahweh, the Lord, is everlasting strength. Come on, church. When you face a difficult boss at work, when you face a difficult client in your business, where do you draw your peace? Are you trying to make your own plans? Or do you turn to the Prince of Peace? Or do you get your mind filled with the peace of God. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind, whose mind, the mind is in the soul. That's where your thoughts come from. Whose mind is focused, stayed on you. You know what the word stay means? It means remain. When you say, I stay, this is my house, I stay there. That means most of the time you'll find me there. You're not going to find me at the neighbor's or in another town. That's my house. I stay there. To stay means to remain. I remain there. I dwell there. We get to get to the place where our minds remains on Jesus. Glory to God. Come on, church. This scripture was written in the Old Testament by the prophet Isaiah to the people of God of the time, the Jewish people. But the same principle applies in our work as Christian believers. We can be kept in perfect peace when our minds are stayed on Jesus and our trust is in him. Peace can only be found in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on, church. Can you give him a hand of praise and of glory? Jesus promised to give us rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, come to me. Don't go make your own plans, man. Don't go talking to all these people who are big, wah, 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 who will give you all kinds of, of, of advice. No, 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 don't do that. Come to me. All of you who labor, that means you're trying to sort this situation out, man. You're sweating like the disciples, rowing all night on the lake. And they couldn't, I mean, after so many hours, they, not even, they hadn't gone past the halfway mark yet because the wind was so strong blowing against them. So Jesus said, don't try and make your own plans. It's not going to work. You'll end up in defeat. Come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I, come on church, say this with me, I, I will give you rest. Rest or peace, same thing comes from Jesus, not from anywhere, nowhere else. When you have rest, you have perfect peace. So how do you walk in the perfect peace of God every day of your life? Simply put, you come to Jesus and give him your burden that you have tried to resolve for all these years. Give it to Jesus. 
You then refuse. Now listen to this carefully. Because the biggest mistake Christians make, they take their burden to a cross, they leave it at the foot of a cross, but then they come back tomorrow and they pick it up. That's the biggest mistake you can make. You've got to make a choice. Either you give it to Jesus or you keep it. It's up to you. So you give the burden to Jesus, but you then refuse to pick that burden up again. And you keep your mind focused on Jesus and the fact that he loves you too much to leave you to be crushed by the weight of life. He loves you too much to leave you in that state. And you place your trust in him to take care of your situation. Church, you can choose a life of peace this morning instead of a life of stress. Yes, you can. You can. Walking in the perfect peace of God depends on how you will handle the mountain of a giant that you face. Trying to take care of it in your own power and your own strength will result in stress, unhappiness, and very often defeat. But placing your trust in Jesus to take care of your situation and receiving his peace will result in a life of rest, joy, and happiness. The choice is yours. Give the Lord a hand of praise for his word this morning. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to this message. If it has blessed you, get in contact with us by visiting our website at www.victorycenton.co.za.